Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your one-stop shop for raising kids in this tech-heavy world. We bring on professionals and experts to give you all the tools you need to help your kids become fire-breathing warriors that have the strength to break out of the mold society has put them in. At the end of the day, we're all here for one reason, to help save some kids. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your host, Nate Webb, live in studio, Salt Lake City area, and today we are going to be tackling some difficult conversations. Literally, my guest today is all about the hard conversations. Barb Winters is the founder of Hopeful Mom, supporting parents in an online world where she offers encouragement and practical tips from the perspective of a mom recovering um, of, of a recovering pornography addict. Um, Barb is a certified sexual risk avoidance specialist and works as the lead facilitator at E3 Family Solutions, equipping middle school and high school students to avoid risky behaviors and make healthy life choices. Um, Barb's book, Sexpectations, Helping the Next Generation Navigate Healthy Relationships, releases in August of 2023. Welcome, welcome, Barb, to the show. Thanks for being here today. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And we, I'm just so thankful you're here and so thankful for everything that you do. You tackle a lot of heart issues that a lot of other people that are have good intentions are just scared to talk about. I yeah. mean, 90% of parents, we're, we're scared to talk about this stuff. But yeah. how, how did you get into the space? I mean, from a sexual risk avoidance person to a lead facilitator and What's your story? It, it seems a little atypical. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. So my story starts before all that. I was a homeschool mom, pastor's wife, four kiddos in my house doing what I thought was the best thing for my children. And uh, we found out that one of our boys at the age of 14, um, we learned that he had been involved with pornography for quite Oof. some time. So yeah. we discovered this issue and it took me by surprise, knocked me on my back, uh, shock, guilt, anger, all the feels. Mm -hmm. um, but mostly I felt alone, you know, oh. because nobody's talking about this. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't turn, you know, to my best friend over coffee and be like, hey, my kid's watching porn. How about yours? Um, you know, <laughs> we just we just don't have those conversations. So is your so, kid looking at porn? Because my yeah, like, you know, yeah, you don't. Yeah. 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 Um, But we should be having the conversation. And right. I think that's what um, that's what helped me understand that I, I should be talking. So a couple of years into our discovery and he confessed again because he didn't really quit. He was addicted. Um, and we found that out a couple of years later and through the process of trying to help him, I ran into some statistics, um, how many kids actually see pornography and the statistics just shocked me. Um, and they're old now, but I'll, I'll give you the statistics that oh, I read. Please, yes, please. Yeah. 93% of boys and 62% of girls are exposed to porn before age 18. Before and like I, 18. Oh yeah. Um, yes. and, uh, and that's an old, old statistic. And the, in 2019, there was a survey done and they revealed that the average age of first exposure to pornography is 11. Yeah. It's down to nine now. Is it? Yeah, it's crazy. I, it's crazy. So yeah, I usually say between eight and 11, because it's 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 hard to keep up. Oh, yeah. Um, it's and younger they, and younger every year you get yeah, on the school really. bus and kids are just yeah. trading it. 
Well, and their kids show their friends show them. They stumble across it. Um, they're curious, whatever. Yeah. So I came across these statistics and I was like, oh, my word, if that many kids are watching porn, then that means that's that's that many parents who have children who are watching pornography. And why aren't we talking about it? So much. So I. Yeah, I decided, you know what, I'm going to be I'm going to be that mom. I'm going to start talking about this because I want to break down those walls. I want to break down the stigma. I want to break down that shame. Exactly. Because I felt guilty and shameful as a mom. Like, how could I dare have this happen in my home? Um, You know, and and when the statistics are that high, we need to not walk in fear and guilt and shame. Instead, we need to be on top of it. We need to be proactive. So um, my my initial goal was to just give um, moms who found themselves in my position a virtual hug. Mm. Like, I just want to come alongside you and help you because I know you're probably as much of an emotional mess as I was when I found this out about my child, but it kind of morphed. Um, I'm, I'm more, uh, I'm also involved now more in prevention. I, I now go into the schools. That's what prompted me to, uh, get involved with being in the schools to talk about kids, about risky behaviors and making healthy choices. Um, and now I have this book coming out, Sexpectations, which, uh, is, is about, yes, pornography is in there, but it's also more about how do we have these healthy relationships with our children so that when they run across this stuff, online grooming, sending and receiving nudes, all the peer pressure, how do they say no to that? How can we empower them to say Mm -hmm. yes that to healthy, um, stuff? So, yeah. And then, and so how did you get involved? So you became a certified sexual risk avoidance specialist and then you came across E3 Family Solutions. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, E3 came knocking on our door, really. Um, The gal who started E3 and has run it for quite some time uh, talked with my husband, who, like I mentioned, is a pastor and just... She came and said, hey, we we need um, funds for one thing. And then we also need people Mm. to help us out in the school. And he um, he he brought it to my attention. So I um, just decided, yeah, this is something I have a heart for. It's something that I really want to talk with children about. So I got involved with them and then they they did the training. So the specialist um, certification came from them. They sent me to the training to do that. Dang, that's awesome. So I've heard from several times from parents online, whether they're messaging me on Instagram or parents in my office talking to me, they're like, I don't want to rob my kid of their innocence. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're six, seven, eight. I don't want to right. talk about sex or pornography because mm-hmm. I want them to be kids. And, and like, I, I don't give them a smartphone. We don't talk about sex and we don't talk about pornography because I don't want them to lose their, lose their innocence. Right. And I don't know, what are your thoughts there? Can we educate our kids early on without robbing them of their innocence? Absolutely. And I, I hear that also. I'm, I'm also, you know, like how parents, I mean, not only they're, they, they're scared to bring it up because they don't want to be the ones to expose their children. Right. If I say the word pornography, then they're going to be, they're going to go away from that uh, conversation and go Google the word and then they're exposed. Um, So yeah, let's talk about it for a moment. I um, let's put a different spin on it. Let's remember that our kids are more than likely going to be exposed period. Period. Um, It's, it's not about if it's more about when. When. 
So if we know now, because you and I have just talked about it, that they are likely to be exposed, middle school kids are sending and receiving nudes, uh, friends on school buses are putting their phones in front of their faces, even if they don't have one. I mean, I've talked with parents who at the age of four, their child saw accidentally at the age of seven, a friend showed them. So we're now educated, right? We're educating you. Um, So I want to put a different spin on it and say, let's be the first ones to talk about it because then we're the experts in our children's eyes. So if we are the first ones to say the word pornography or talk Mm -hmm. about um, bad pictures and keeping our body parts private and all this stuff, now we're the ones empowering them when they come across this information to say, no, my mom already told me that's not good for me. My yeah. dad already explained why I shouldn't be involved in this uh, situation. And then they'll they'll say no to their friend or they'll say no to the nude. Like they'll be like, wait a minute. No, <laughs> this is my personal space. I'm going to I'm not going to explain or expose that to you. It's very empowering when we talk about it early on, because it kind of takes the like curiosity is the magic drug that gets right. kids to do a lot of stupid things. I love and that. so when we talk about it early on, it takes the curiosity away from it because yeah. they can identify what it is when they see it. Um, I love the book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, because yeah. you can explain super, super easy exactly yes. what pornography is. And you say it's bad pictures. And then the big the big adult yeah. word for that is pornography. But it I takes, highly it, recommend that book and it's on my resource page for anyone who's interested in in finding it. Mm-hmm. It is so so good. Like we read it with my 4-year-old. My 4-year-old mm-hmm. because we yeah. know he's going to come across it someday without us being there. We want him to be able to identify it, but we also want him to be able to talk about it. Yes. I mean, how common is the word pornography in your home? And if it makes you uncomfortable to say it, you should probably use it around your kids a little bit more. So that your kids and you are both comfortable talking about it. So when it does happen, your kids aren't terrified. You're going to kick them out on the streets because they're coming up to you telling you. I remember. So I started looking at pornography around the age of 12 and Mm -hmm. talked to my dad around the age 14. I was terrified, Yeah, terrified because we're a super religious household. I didn't know how my parents were going to react. Thankfully, first thing he did was give me a big hug and just say, I love you and we're going to help you. And I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, I, I'm still loved. Like it was the weight off my shoulders. Yes. Well, and you're unique. I mean, hit your dad is unique in that because most people do what I did, which is just flip out. Um, and eventually I came around to the hug, <laughs> but it took me 15 or 20 minutes to get there. Right. So <laughs> yeah, it that's is, fantastic. It is, well, and that's the thing. I think a lot of, I don't know, especially right now, I mean, you're, you're one of your big expertise is helping kids avoid, you know, high risk sexual situations. Yes. And I feel like a big part of culture nowadays, it glorifies and recreationalizes sex. And that's why pornography is so readily, I don't know, available and like almost enticed um, to our for our kids. And the, I mean, the Internet, it, it just makes it. <laughs> Oh yeah, glorifies it. Glorifies, recreationalizes. I mean, when you talk about this, you talk about this thing called hookup culture. Yes. I see really impacting your kids. So let's talk about that for a second. What what is hookup culture? Um, hookup culture. 
uh, is it's mostly happening in college age students. And so it's this idea that I can have sexual relations with people without an emotional attachment. And so typically it starts with uh, high school or not high school, college kids pre-partying. So the first thing you do is have a bunch of alcohol because that lowers your inhibition. And then you go to a party specifically to hook up with someone. Now the term hookup is, is purposefully vague because it could mean anything from just kissing for, you know, a few minutes to we spent the night together and had sex. But theoretically, then at the end of that encounter, whatever that looks like, you can walk away from the relationship and nobody owes anybody anything. So we're not yeah. boyfriend, girlfriend. We don't have any sort of attachment. We There's don't know relationship. Each other. Right. Um, I mean, and of course, the falseness in it is that there is no attachment. Ha. Yeah, we that's that's just a joke. And so I spend my days in the high school saying this is not just a physical encounter. It affects you emotionally. Uh, it affects you socially. It affects you even financially. If you end up with an STD or you end up getting someone pregnant, you know, there's all these ramifications. There's these trickle down effects. And so we want to help our kids understand that there's there's really no such thing as a non-emotional, non-intimate hookup. Well, and it's bleeding down into high school age kids. I mean, I'm a school counselor and I have this like I, I have students in my office crying or whatever, and so and so broke their heart. I'm like, were you guys dating? Like, no, no, we, we just hooked up once. We just mm -hmm. slept together once. And I'm like, you're in high school, guys. We're in high school. Come on. I cannot. I'm so sorry that you feel this pressure to be so sexually active at such a young age. And I attribute a lot of that to the things that they view on their smartphones, on yes. social media. Yes. And what they don't understand is when they run across a pornographic video, they're not seeing what is real life. They're not seeing realistic depictions of what sex should look like no. in a healthy relationship. And because they don't have that um, frame of reference like you and I do to compare it to, they believe that what they're seeing is uh, actual real life ways of encounter. And yeah. then they're. Then they're upset when it doesn't work out, um, you know, and it's hurtful physically, it's hurtful emotionally, and they can't figure out why that is because when they watch these videos, that's not the way, that's not the way it ends, you mm -hmm. know, and it's objectifying and oh, yeah. violence. Oh, yeah. yeah, it becomes, I mean, people become products, not people to yeah. them. And it's just, yeah. you know, it dehumanizes everything. But for, I mean, it all starts off with they, what they view. It becomes their expectation. Again, do you want the internet to teach your kid about sex or do you want to teach your kid about sex? Because it is one or the other. If you don't, Absolutely. the internet will a hundred percent. We can't, we can't wait until puberty anymore either, because that's what I nope. thought. You know? <laughs> They're going to Google it 18 times before then. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it can't be a one-time conversation either. It needs oh my to be gosh, ongoing, no. ongoing. Oh yes. Oh and yes. Go ahead. And if they have questions, answer them. It's okay. Yes. If, if, if so it is okay for an eight-year-old to know the anatomical complexities of sex. They yeah. need to know how it works, guys. It's okay. They know how to go potty, okay? Yes. They know they it's okay to know how it works because when we take the curiosity, we take away that magic drug so they don't want to Google it all the time. Right. And we, we need to use anatomically correct oh my terminology. goodness. 
you know, yes. not nicknames anymore. You the know, religious communities. We are the worst, the yeah. worst at this hoo-ha, wee, wee. Oh my goodness. I'm like, wow, guys. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. Something, something that I don't think kids can really consider though, is like the permanency of the repercussions of their actions. Yeah. When it comes to either viewing pornography or just doing a lot of these different actions, the vast majority of youth today either have received or send nudes at some point or another. Yeah. And if I understand things correctly, that's a federal offense right now, guys. That's the the legal definition of that is distribution of child pornography. And what we like calling it is child sexual abuse material because pornography, you can't, children can't consent. And so, but the legal term is child sexual abuse. I mean, child pornography, distribution of child pornography. That's a federal offense. Yeah. The kids don't think about that. No, no. And we need to say that out loud. And I'm, I'm, I'm all for, we love our kids into healthy relationships, but it's okay at times to sort of, you know, remind them that there are legal ramifications also. And if the scare tactic works, okay, I'm okay with that too. You know, uh, I don't want you to be arrested. I tell the kids in school, I'm like, look, I don't want to read your names in the paper. And I have read names recently. We have a uh, somebody in our neighborhood who was arrested for, um, sexual battery because they had they had unconsensual sex this boy's 18 and the person he had sex with was 17 hey you know what if you're not 18 you can't give consent and you can't send and receive news and that's an statutory oh yeah it's just they don't they don't they don't realize that they don't think about those things beforehand and and when we talk about these heavy topics, those of you who are listening, you parents, whoever it may be, the intention is to prepare, not yes. to scare. Yes. And if it does frighten you, it's because you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're trying to, we're trying to help you prepare. So how do we build up our kids' discipline and resiliency so that they know what to do when they come in contact with a risky situation, whether it be porn online, someone asking a hookup at a party, someone, you know, asking to meet up, whatever it may be, how can we prepare them to build up that discipline and resiliency? Well, I think it's empowering them, like we talked about earlier, empowering mm. them to say no, giving them the scenarios and asking them, what would you do in this situation? Practice. Um, yes, practice. Exactly. And well, and I tell that of par- to parents, too, before you even go into the conversation, practice saying those words. You talked about earlier how uh, we don't like to spit out the words pornography and sexuality. I hadn't said these words before. I, I whispered like intimate relations. You know, I mean, I was like the most timid person and talking about these things, especially with my kids. But I was wrong. And I want to empower parents now. Look, go to the mirror, look yourself in the eye and say these words, say pornography, say sexual relations, say um, masturbations, you know, use the correct terminology of their body parts so that when you can sit down with them, you can calmly and, uh, you know, without any qualms, say the stuff. And will it be awkward at first? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Embrace it. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You It'd know, be funny. You, <laughs> oh, you can laugh about it. You know, the first time my son and I had these conversations, we were kind of like looking at the ground and shuffling back and forth with our feet. But now we just sit down and we talk and we talk. And it's easier now too. Like I had a uh, a student come at ninth grader just two days ago. Well, whatever, Friday, come up to me after um class and say, you mentioned dangers of pornography. Can you tell me what what's dangerous? 
I mean, I looked him in him in the eye and I had a three minute conversation with him and listed all the dangers for him. Could I have done that five years ago? No way. But practice, just like you're saying. And it's really, I mean, the more you practice, the more open you are, the, yeah. the more fear you take out of the topic. Right. right. The absence of fear is honesty. And yeah. so when we take out that fear from the conversation, our kids are enabled to be honest about what they're seeing in their life because they are mm -hmm. no longer afraid to talk to us about it. Right. Um, and we can't punish them or discipline them and all that other stuff. So instead, and I try and tell, I mean, the one thing I did do well in that first conversation with my son is that toward the end of the conversation, I sat on the bed, I put my arm around him and I said, look, we are on your side. Yeah. We are yeah. for you. We, yeah. it's our job to protect you. And oh, when yeah. you, when we start putting guardrails and boundaries in place, it's because we love you and our job is to protect you. And I think we don't say that enough to our children. Yeah. We get to the point where we're like both defensive, you know, I, because I said so, and, and, and well, you don't love me. And, you know, back and forth, as opposed to, Let's bring down those walls. Mm -hmm. Let's say, you know what? It's it's not your fault. The porn the porn industry is trying oh, yeah. to find you. Yeah. And I have I would like to help you. I would like to empower you because I love you, because mm -hmm. I care for you, because I believe in you. Yeah. That's what's going to empower them then to say, nope, I I'm worth more than sending a naked picture to my boyfriend. Right. I'm worth more than uh, giving myself up or allowing those images into my brain. Mm -hmm. I I have goals. I have dreams. I have aspirations. And I want to hit those. And so I'm going to say no to all that. And I'm going to say yes to healthy behaviors instead. Right. right. I love that so much. Because here's the thing. When, when our kids come into contact with pornography or whether it may be when they make a mistake because they're kids mm -hmm. and they make mistakes, mm -hmm. we need to remember that those are still good kids. Absolutely. That's still your baby boy. That's still your baby girl. Right. Nothing has changed. There's yeah. so much stigma around it and it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, how can we help our parents who are just trying to navigate just finding out their kid. I mean, the parents who were you, the parents who were my parents yeah. that you just found out your 14 year old was looking at porn, whatever it may be yeah. like prepare yourself for that conversation. Right. Now right. practice with yourself. How would you react to that? How are you going to talk to your kid about that and practice now so that when it happens, you, you can have the, the ability to not fly over the rails at them. Right. And offer right. up your love. And if that's already happened, it's okay. It's we, okay get, yeah. we get do-overs, you know, like it's okay for us to go to our kids and say, man, I really messed up that conversation. I'm so sorry. Can we start over? I shouldn't have responded mm -hmm. that way. So, yeah. Yeah. Here, here's the thing, parents. So many of us think that we, we have to, you know, be so brave and strong for our kids with everything. Um, our kids, they, they don't need a superhuman. They need a human. They need you to be their human yeah. so that, you, that, you know, they, they can see that it's okay. It's okay to say, sorry, it's okay to have emotions. And I made a mistake and I can talk to my mom about it. Um, so your, your book coming out soon, Sexpectations, Helping yeah. the Next Generation Navigate Healthy Relationships. Everyone, can, can they go pre-order? Is that a thing? 
It's not ready to be pre-ordered yet, but I highly recommend that you subscribe at my website, hopefulmom.net, because when it's available, you'll be the first to know. There yeah. you go. So that'll be in the in description. But what are some of the tools and things you share in that book to help out parents? Sure. Well, I talk about um, like what what are the attributes of healthy relationships? First of all, um, love, mutuality, communication, um, being selflessness, that sort of thing. And then I talk about, you know, red flags versus green flags. I mean, our ki- things that our kids are hearing and that we should be aware of. Um, I talk about then triggers and if there it has been some sexually deviant behavior in in a relationship whether it's between a parent and a child or whether it's between you know a child and now their um the relationship they're going into later what are some things that we can do to reconcile and to repair those things what what kind of mm. healing can we do so it it i try and well and i start the book basically from saying how did we get here like mm. like what am what are we even talking about here what how did we get to this point in in society that we even need to have these sorts of conversations so and then ending with the reconciliation and healing um repairing the relationships that have been hurt so yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome guys. So go yeah. follow her, check out the website. All that be in the podcast description. Um, and where can people get a hold of you? Uh, shameless plug time. Let's hear it. Everything. Shameless plug. I'm on Facebook at difficult conversations for parents. I'm on Instagram at difficult dot conversations. And the best way to get me is through my website, hopefulmom.net. And you can, there's a contact page too. If um, I'd love to hear from parents and, and I like to help parents. So if you want to contact me directly, please do so through my website there you go guys so all that will be in the podcast description so thank you so much barb for being here and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the save the kids podcast if you want to get us into your church school event whatever it may be go fill out the speaker form in the bio um go check us out on instagram as well at save the kids inc and myself at bulliesbe.gun um and always remember you are wonderful you are worthy and you are worth it go home and give your kids an eight second hug and we'll see you on the next one